Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, fire safety for the holidays, the Salvation Army Red Kettle Campaign gets an early start, and U of M Athletics up in the air amid COVID. But first... The battle against COVID-19 and its economic repercussions continued this week after the first weekend of bar and restaurant closures that Governor Tim Walz imposed because of the spike in coronavirus cases in Minnesota. MNN's Bill Werner joins us with a recap. This is your opportunity to be a good citizen. Said the governor as officials this week unveiled a new app for smartphones that alerts Minnesotans and their contacts about potential exposure to COVID. The governor stressed it is totally voluntary and anonymous and uses mobile device GPS to determine if people are closer than social distancing guidelines for 15 minutes or longer. If a person then tests positive for COVID at some point, they can voluntarily and anonymously notify others that they've had close contact with. The app will advise others that the person doesn't even realize they had close contact with. Minnesota IT Commissioner Tarek Tomes. This could be such an incredibly powerful tool that could help businesses and that could allow us to return to so many of these activities that we miss and, and, and that we love. Tomes emphasizes the app does not access or share any personal information with individuals or the government. Phone proximity information is randomly encoded for security and proximity information is automatically purged after 15 days. That corresponds to the COVID incubation period. Even with as little as 10 to 15 percent adoption of this app and the willingness to warn others and then the willingness of of taking the the critical steps to follow health uh, guidance and recommendation really can have an impact on slowing the spread of COVID. Governor Walls told Minnesotans, My hope is that you never have to use it, you never get a notification, but if you do, you do the neighborly Minnesota thing and you pass on that anonymous note um, so that others can make an informed decision for themselves and their families and our workers. If you haven't had a chance to check out the app, there is more info at covidawaremn.com. As the effects of another round of bar and restaurant closures spread across Minnesota, top leaders focused on state assistance for struggling businesses. Governor Walls thanked them for helping protect the public health, saying, You should not have to bear the brunt of the financial impact alone. All Minnesotans share in that. House Republicans first out of the gate, proposing $400 million from the state's rainy day budget reserve to help bars, restaurants, and other businesses hurt by the latest COVID closures. Red Wing Representative Barb Haley. We know that our state's budget currently is in a difficult position. But if there ever was a rainy day, this is it. Governor Walls unveiled his plan at a restaurant in St. Paul, the Nook, where Janessa Casper told reporters. We employ over 100 people between our two locations, the Nook here and Shamrocks. Our workers are really struggling. They're suffering. They have rent to pay, mortgage to pay. They have children. They have families. Christmas around the corner. We need, we need help for them. We need help for our small businesses. It breaks our heart every time we see a business close, a rest, another restaurant go down. Um, I just really hope that we all come together, both sides, whatever your political affiliation is, and make this thing happen. Continue to support your local restaurants, please. Gift certificates, takeout orders. Um, We've had pretty good support from our community, and we thank you. The governor said he wants to call a special session as soon as lawmakers have a deal, hopefully right after Thanksgiving. I don't think we wait an extra day. I think what these folks would tell you is the difference between getting something in the next week or so and getting something in a month is 
is huge. The governor would not put a dollar amount on the aid package yet, but House Democratic Majority Leader Ryan Winkler said. Hypothetically, if you had 14,000 businesses affected, you could scale a program for direct relief to each one of those businesses based on a dollar amount. So uh, if you uh, came in at $25,000 per business times 14,000, that's roughly $350 million. Uh, the budget forecast could go up, it could go down, uh, and so those numbers obviously can move and the scale of relief can change for each individual business. But the commitment is that we would get the money out the door as quickly as possible and have that be a fixed dollar amount that every uh, business would receive who is affected by uh, COVID-19, specifically the businesses affected by the shutdown order. Winkler's $350 million number is in the range of the $400 million that House Republicans proposed, but a key player, Senate Republicans, had not weighed in yet. One potential sticking point, though, unemployment benefits for bar and restaurant workers sidelined by the COVID shutdown. Governor Walls proposes the state extend jobless benefits another 13 weeks. He says that would help as many as 100,000 workers whose benefits end next month. Minneapolis Representative Mohammed Noor backs that extension. We have to be out there to support those who are struggling the most and to ensure that we support each other during this difficult moment. But Republicans want the federal government to pick up the cost. Maple Grove Representative Kristen Robbins says... There is money, $137 billion, sitting in the Paycheck Protection Program that could be released immediately. If she adds... We also would support efforts to make the federal changes necessary to provide additional unemployment. What Washington might or might not do is in question with a lame duck Congress and a change in the Oval Office in January. Speaking of that, the state canvassing board this week certified results of the presidential election over Republican objections. State GOP Chair Jennifer Carnahan said the election demonstrated extreme abnormalities and statistical variations from historical voter trends in Minnesota. I think there is concern, not only in Minnesota, but in other states with the high level of mail-in voting and not having any verification system around it, right? Democrats responded, no evidence of fraud in Minnesota's election. DFL party chair Ken Martin says, Joe Biden won with 5 million more votes nationally than uh, Donald Trump. Uh, He won a decisive uh, margin in the Electoral College. A citizens group and several Republican state lawmakers took that issue to the Minnesota Supreme Court. Minnesota Election Integrity Team filed a lawsuit alleging haphazard rule changes by DFL Secretary of State Steve Simon, quote, resulted in absentee votes being treated differently from county to county. Simon would not comment on that pending litigation except to say, There was a very efficient, very secure, and streamlined process that was uniform throughout the state that courts at multiple levels blessed along the way. And I'm quite confident that the results will withstand any scrutiny. Unless the high court intervenes, the next and final step is December 14th. That's when presidential electors vote for Joe Biden. And a group of about 40 state lawmakers took a pledge ahead of Thanksgiving festivities that they will follow COVID precautions like masking, social distancing, and limiting holiday gatherings to immediate family and urge Minnesotans to do the same at hashtag TakeThePledgeMN. Farmington Republican Pat Garofalo says it is a bipartisan effort despite differences in other areas. What we're here talking about today are just like generally accepted public health principles. There's certainly a time and place for us to have a a good, vigorous debate about 
uh, what the appropriate level is for the chief executive to impose restrictions on commerce, freedom, and liberty. Richfield Democrat Michael Howard said Thanksgiving could well be the most important week so far in Minnesota's fight against the pandemic. With the absolute surge in our hospitals, this is going to be really hard, but it's probably the most important week for us to band together as Minnesotans and do the right thing for each other. Scott? Thank you for that report, Bill. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401k. So you're giving up, just like that. Giving up on what? I'm getting an inheritance from a distant relative. Don't you think if there were a billionaire in the family, we'd know about it by now? Listen to me. We are one phone call away from riding horses on our own private polo grounds. One call from christening yachts, having a butler, using summer as a verb. How do you figure? Look, everyone's got a rich uncle somewhere. It's statistics. So the best thing you can do is just prepare for the inevitable. Right, which is why I thought maybe it would be smart to take control of my finances. You know, start using a budget, get out of debt, set some retirement goals. Budgets? Debt? You watch your mouth. Retirement shouldn't be a goal for us. It should be a way of life. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. With the pandemic keeping most of us at home, many of us will be shopping online this holiday season, and scammers are hoping to take advantage of that. I recently spoke with the Better Business Bureau's Bao Vang about ways Minnesotans can all shop safer and smarter this holiday season. The holiday season is a tremendous time for gift giving, and a lot of us are going to be wowed by someone's <laughs> wonderful items that they will purchase for us. And then we hope to make someone's day by buying a gift for them. The National sorry, the National Federation Retail. Oh, gosh. I don't even know what that is now. That's all right. <laughs> the retail experts. The retail experts predict that we're each going to spend about $1,000 this holiday season. And a lot of it will be spending those dollars online, especially during this pandemic, especially as many of the states around the country are going to be back on shutdown or restricting retail shops and hours and capacities. And we need to be conscious and smart shoppers. Make sure we are all thinking about what if when we want to purchase something online. When we think about, oh, we might be spending $1,000 this season for gifts in general, well, if we don't do our homework first, we could be costing ourselves a whole lot more if we don't do our research first. So, of course, as we're thinking about visiting social media and going online to different companies and communicating with vendors and sellers, there are some real quick tips for holiday shopping that will be smooth and transparent and also safe. Number one, research before you buy. 57% of those who did not research the website or business 
via an independent source like BBB.org and other places before making the purchase, well, 81% of them lost money. Don't be one of them. Another great tip is if the deal looks too good to be true, it probably is. The enticement of a great sales price was the top reason in our latest report on online shopping that victims purchased a product and lost money. So if someone is splashing sale, limited time, deal, just think twice about whether this is uh, luring you instead of actually being a legitimate sale. Beware of fake websites. Boy, there's a lot out there, uh, a lot of websites out there that are quickly made or um, can be put up relatively easily, will mimic other sites, can steal photos and images and products from other places, and they're going to make you look, it's going to make it seem like it's a legitimate shop. Be sure you do check the URL, watch for bad grammar, research the age of the domain. All those things are red flags for sure for a fake website. And then uh, you have some of the other tips, but of course you want to make sure uh, you are looking for, uh, you want to make sure you're reading reviews before you purchase anything. So when we talk about how to find a legitimate source, BBB offers a million different business profiles. We can tell you based on reviews from other consumers just like you, whether a product, a company, a seller is legitimate. If if you've ever experienced uh, a scam or you have fallen victim, please let us know at bbb.org slash scam tracker. Again, a free public tool to share your experience so you can educate others before they fall victim. Thank you to my guest, the Minnesota Better Business Bureau's Bao Vang. And for all of our listeners out there, we're reminding you to please shop safe and smart this holiday season. Minnesota Matters will return after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. For the first time in 130 years, the Salvation Army started its annual holiday fundraising campaign early across the country in order to rescue Christmas. Tasha Radel has more. That's right, Scott. During the holiday season, you're likely to hear a familiar sound around town. A bell jingling, and usually not too far away, the Salvation Army's signature red kettle. Joining me today to talk about the importance of this year's Red Kettle campaign is Minnesota Salvation Army spokesman Dan Furry. Well, uh, as I don't have to tell you, this year has been different for everyone, um, with particularly with the COVID-19 pandemic. And um, so, so the demand for uh, Salvation Army services has really increased this year. And it's great because we've we have some good donors and and partners who have been able to help us meet the increased need. And it's, it's been fairly dramatic. Nationwide, it, it's totaling a 155% increase in services uh, across the U.S. Um, but we're, we're a little concerned that the pandemic may have uh, an adverse impact on kettle collections, mostly because people won't be out and about um, 
the number of locations that we can ring at has been reduced. Uh, the number of volunteers may well be uh, reduced as well to, to actually be out and ringing. Uh, in the Northern Division, which is which Minneapolis-St. Paul is part of, um, we we uh, typically would normally expect to raise about ten million dollars through our kettle campaign. Um, so so uh, it, it is a, a concern for us. So we are taking some steps to help um, mitigate that, uh, and and uh, it 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 involves some new ways to give. It involves some safety precautions as well. Dan, how much earlier did you have to launch your Christmas campaigns this year? Well, we we did launch our our rescue Christmas campaign early this year. Um, and that was toward the end of September in order to to raise awareness about the um the challenge uh that we're facing with COVID-19 and the the increased need. Um the kettles themselves actually won't appear until or didn't appear until November. With COVID cases at record levels across the state, I know some people may be afraid or I guess a little nervous to drop a donation into a kettle. I know you folks are taking even more precautions this year to donor safety. We've uh, of course taken some some extra steps to safeguard not only the, the folks, the volunteers who are uh, willing to bell ring, but also people who who might be interested in making a gift. But um, masks are going to be mandated. Uh, so we're we're taking great pains to maintain uh, adequate uh, distancing at the kettles, uh, regular sanitization of the kettles as well. Um, and in some places uh, where the kettles might be indoors, uh, some will have sneeze guards set up as well. So we're 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 taking some extra steps to make sure it's a safe environment and and we want volunteers especially to feel safe that they can go out have fun with maybe some family members or friends and and ring a bell for a good cause um we've also uh, insti- insti- instituted some um uh new uh paying options digital pay options which are completely contactless so, for example, if you have Apple Pay or Google Pay, you can use those at any kettle in the Twin Cities. Um, we also have QR code scanning. So even if you don't use Apple Pay or Google Pay, you can just use your camera to scan the QR code, and it'll uh, prompt you to, to make a donation that way. Um, uh, so and you can also text uh, to, to make a gift as well. You can text uh, the word uh, RESCUE to 24 Dan, I understand there's a great need for Red Kettle bell ringers. I have already volunteered a couple of times this year myself, and I truly enjoy ringing the bells, especially during this difficult time during a pandemic. For me, it's really meant so much more this year, and I have to admit it was great and so rewarding to connect with people at a safe social distance while I couldn't see their faces due to masking, you could still see kind of the joy and compassion in their eyes and hear it in their voice when giving back to their local community. So where is the best place to go and sign up for a bell ringing shift? Uh, the best place to go is our website, and that's uh, SalvationArmyNorth.org slash kettle. And again, that's SalvationArmyNorth.org slash kettle. And that'll take you right to... Um, the the kettle sign up page 
Thanks again to my guest, Dan Furry, with the Minnesota Salvation Army. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Your surgery is over. Oh, it's over? What happened? Hi, Mr. Detweiler. Dr. Newman here. You have a new knee. It went great. You'll be up and around before you know it. And it's all because of you. Uh, what did I do? You were captain of Team Detweiler. You told us everything we needed to know. Your medical history, your allergies and prescription meds. You asked me tons of questions. What your options to surgery might be, what to expect during recovery. You even asked me how many knee replacements I've already done. Huh. I guess I did kind of run the whole operation, didn't I? Mr. Detweiler, we couldn't have done it without you. Patient safety. It takes a team. And patient involvement is key. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. With more tips at orthoinfo.org slash patient safety. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. This weekend's college football game between Minnesota and Wisconsin was canceled due to COVID-19 concerns within the Golden Gopher program. The team has paused all team activities to allow some time to get healthy and stop any potential additional spread of the illness. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm talked with Golden Gopher Athletic Director Mark Coyle about the week that was and how the school is handling the overall situation. We know, Mike, at this time of year, we, we all uh, are reminded about Thanksgiving, right, and, and being thankful. And, and I can tell you, Mike, uh, there's no doubt 2020 has impacted every one of us in many, many different ways. And, you know, it, it feels like I know we're, we're talking about basketball, but it feels like uh, January 1st of 2020 was 10 years ago when you and I were in Tampa celebrating a great win in the Outback Bowl against Auburn. Uh, but, but I think the thing that has stood out here during these difficult times is uh, the great people we have here in Gopher Athletics, uh, from our medical people uh, to our staff, uh, our coaches, our student athletes. Mike, they've done everything we've asked them to do. And I had a chance to do an interview with you, I think, earlier in the week. And, and I talked about, you know, the virus is a ghost. Uh, it's, it's in every room. And you're trying to do everything you can to make sure you safeguard everyone involved. But it just finds its way in. And, and again, our goal is to make sure we provide a safe environment for our student athletes, coaches, and staff. And I'm just really grateful for the people and how hard they're working to do that. And that is kind of what the situation is here with football, right? That the numbers were enough to kind of send off an alarm bell to say, hey, we have to slow this down, stop this spread, and, and get things back to normal? Yeah, no doubt, Mike. You know, as I said yesterday when we made the, uh, the difficult uh, decision to, uh, to cancel the Wisconsin game, uh, you know, we saw an uptick late last week. I think in the last five days, which would be, uh, you know, six days now, in that, in that time period, we, we had 15 positives uh, between coaches and student athletes. Um, we test the day before, so you get to test the next day. We had some presumptive positives uh, that, that are going to be confirmed as positive. So, you know, talking with Dr. Nelson and our medical experts, uh, they strongly recommended that we pause uh, because we've got to get our arms around this thing and make sure we provide that safe environment for everybody that participates with our program. And I know we, we talked about this a little bit as well. The hope at this point is that the Northwestern game can go on, and I suppose that's part of why the precautions are now so that you can salvage the rest of the season. You're exactly right, Mike. Yeah, again, in our conversations with Dr. Nelson, we try to mitigate this as quickly as possible. 
And again, you know, I don't know if we'll be able to ever identify where the virus came from, right? How it how it seeped into to our football program. And I know I asked you this this week, but for people who didn't hear it, I, I want to ask again because this has kind of been floated out there, and it seems like on the surface it makes sense. Such a unique rivalry, such a long-standing tradition with the Axe and these two border rivals playing. Um, and that unique week late, the December 19th weekend, the crossover games, is there a possibility potentially that this r- rivalry could be renewed that week? Yeah, well, well, Mike, as you and I talked the other day about this, you know, obviously we'll work closely with Commissioner Warren. Uh, we fully recognize the importance of that game. Uh, I think this year's matchup marked the 130th meeting. Uh, the series is incredibly close. I think there's a one-game difference. Uh, uh, you know, I think Wisconsin has a lead by one game right now in the series. And, and we will definitely work with the conference, work with uh, Coach Alvarez uh, and our folks over at Wisconsin uh, to see what we can cannot do. But, again, we recognize the importance of this game, and we'll work very closely with the Big Ten to see what our options are at the end of the year because obviously that impacts the other conference members uh, because the, the week was set up for East to play West, and now you'd have two teams from the West playing, so you'd have to look at what the East might do to offset that. So we'll just have to work our way through that, but we're definitely open to those conversations and want to work with the conference with Wisconsin to see what we can do. I know you care deeply. I watch you interact with these student-athletes at games on flights and everything else. How, how are you holding up watching what's going on and trying to you know, be the overseer of you know, 700-plus student-athletes here at this point? You know, I use the analogy uh, like a duck. You know, above the water, you look pretty calm and, and everything. You're trying to be Joe Cool, but underneath the water, you're paddling like heck. And, and I think we're paddling really hard right now. And, and again, Mike, it, our priority, and you've been with us from day one when you and I go back to Indianapolis, I think on March 12th when you and I sat down and did an interview back in Indianapolis when the when the basketball season came to a dramatic halt and all the sports came to a dramatic halt. You know, we talked about early on the health and safety. And, Mike, I am just so grateful for our student-athletes, coaches, staff. Uh, those student-athletes have done everything we've asked them to do uh, to be safe. We've done everything we can to provide a safe, environment for them and and again this virus remains undefeated uh, but we're doing well we're going to keep working hard we have great great hope in the vaccine and we have great great hope of getting back to some sense of what our new normal is going to be here hopefully in the spring I do want to ask you too as football is paused uh, the winter sports are picking up hockey men's 4-0 uh, four great wins um, that's got to be exciting uh, in this time right now yeah it is you know a great start against Penn State uh, you know play them on Thursday Friday and then we go ahead and play Ohio State on Monday, Tuesday. So, again, uh, this unique 2020 year continues where you're playing hockey games Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday. But, you know, we're, we're off to a 4-0 start. You know, Coach Mosco has brought in some really, really talented young men on that team. And we're really optimistic about our season. And, again, just hope, you know, I, I tell people all the time, we're at the mercy of this virus. You know, we're, we're scheduled to go to Michigan here in a few days and compete out there against Michigan, Michigan State, and and hopefully we can get out there safely and, and have a chance to compete against those two programs and keep this thing rolled in the right direction. And then basketball gets underway or got underway this week with the men and the women next week, and uh, hopefully uh, that that season can go off as, uh, as much without a hitch as possible. Yeah, that's our goal. You know, it, it's hard to believe, you know, back on uh, I think March 11th is when everything came to a halt. Uh, and, and as we start college basketball season again this week with November 25th being the first date that teams can play, and obviously our men will open up here and then our women will open up on December 2nd. We'll have some games uh, obviously over the weekend, but we're excited to be back at it. I know Coach Patino and Coach Whalen and their student athletes are excited to compete again, and, and again, just looking forward to taking that next step, uh, getting back to some sense of normalcy. 
That's Golden Gopher Athletic Director Mark Coyle and MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm. That's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you for listening. Please have a happy and safe Thanksgiving holiday and tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station. Thank you.